0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I am. It is Friday. Woo! It's Friday night. <laughs> yes, indeedy it is. And I am so glad. Um, even though this weekend always bugs me because this is the weekend. Spring forward, fall back. This is the weekend we got to turn our clocks back. And then before we know it, it starts getting dark at 5 o'clock. And let me tell you, I'm a lizard, okay? I like to sit on a rock in the sunshine. I thrive in the sunshine. Um, so um, that's always a little bit of a bummer. But hey, here's the good news in that. We get a little extra hour of sleep, and that's always a good thing. So however you plan to spend your weekend, just remember to uh, turn the spring forward, fall back. Remember to turn your clocks back an hour. Uh, Friday means uh, Bob Walters will be here with his education segment. And let me tell you, those stories are not going to go away just because we had a win in Virginia. The wins we had this week in Virginia and beyond are a lesson for us that we can win these culture wars and that it's just a beginning and that we've won a couple of battles And now we've got to go on and continue to win the war. And so uh, the battleground is with children in the schools and beyond. So we've got some uh, some shot updates to give you guys that have to do with children. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I I promised y'all last night I was going to give you a little Kyle Rittenhouse Lawsuit prosecution update today. There's a reason why when I got the mainstream media up on the monitors, you're seeing the Ahmad Aubrey case out of Georgia, but you're not seeing anything about this Kyle Rittenhouse case. Let me tell y'all, I hadn't seen a prosecution fall apart this badly and this comically since my cousin Vinny was the defense attorney. Oh my it's about that bad. We talking about the Utes tonight. The Utes out on the street. Yeah, later on in the show, we got here of the Week and Stink of the Week, and I'd love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. And especially, I want to hear from you if you were as complimentary as the caller last night. <laughs> but if you want to disagree with me, I'm open to that. I'm open, I'm open for the opportunity to tell you you're wrong. 888-344-1170. And, oh, another thing, too. By the way, I was reminded on the way into the studio tonight by someone who shall remain nameless um that in addition to my political analysis always being correct i'm always on the money with the romantic or the romantic advice as well so i am here for you my babies if you want to call in on this friday night if you've got a little advice that you need and the love uh, a little love tip i'm happy to share that or you can email me as well at com. speaking of love i got to bring in my brother here who i love so much as not to mention this food item it's dj potato skins yesterday
2: I met in this very room with DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins.
1: Can't hear you. Hit the button, baby.
3: Hello. There's my microphone. There are no potato skins uh, with what I am eating during the show, but there are French fries, so I am keeping it in the same family.
1: Hey, you know what? You can't you can't. There's lots of different ways to slice and dice a potato. Hey, whatever happened to that crazy woman with white hair that had the diet plan back in the day to where it was like her whole diet plan was eat 50 potatoes a day?
3: Oh, gosh, I wish.
1: Do you remember? I don't know.
3: what. Yeah, I do. I don't remember. I don't know what happened to her.
1: Susan Powder. That was her name. Did she overdose on, on potatoes? Uh, on potatoes. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever happened to Susan. But it just goes to show there's always a fad out there, right?
3: Well, if there were a diet that consisted of all potatoes that worked, I'd be on it.
1: Well, I, I, a little story for you guys. Uh, my my family always likes to remind me when I'm going through a tough patch that there was a time in which I'm scrappy. Okay, I come from Cajun people, live in a country folk. And I'm scrappy. So there was a time in my life where I only had $5 to eat for like a whole week. And I bought a sack of potatoes because I thought hey, I could. Hey, they're cheap. Well, and I could eat hash brown for lunch, French fries for hash browns for breakfast, French fries for lunch, and baked for dinner. So it was actually the perfect food depending on your toppings there. Uh, can you tell I'm hungry? <laughs> All right. Um, so the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Um, to refresh your guys' memory... Because it's been a while, we had uh, we had a reign of terror across the country last year, on, uh, in part due to the response to the George Floyd case. We had Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, reigning terror across the country in the form of burning down businesses, beating up business owners. Uh, that happened again after uh, not only after the George Floyd situation, but after Jacob Blake. So in. Uh, wakosha how do you say it? Kenosha, Wisconsin. I can never get that name of that right. So we had riots going on in the streets, and in in uh, in the course of the riots in the street, we had a young man, we had a uh, you know, a, a group of young people that decided, including Kyle Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time, to arm themselves and go out and provide some security and some defense in the streets for business owners and others. He ended up shooting three people, two of whom died, one of whom did not, and um, one of whom did not, and um, he was subsequently arrested, charged with not just a, intentional murder, a homicide of, of two, a variety of charges, including transporting weapons across state lines, which is a federal offense. So the prosecution, uh, the trial has been underway for about five days and is beginning to quickly uh, fall apart for the prosecution. Jokes aside, we can see some similarities between this persecution and prosecution here with what's going on with the January 6th defendants. A couple of similarities, few similarities. What is becoming uncovered is that, first of all, we had false narratives being pushed out about all the defendants. We see that exculpatory evidence was withheld, not just from the public, but from the defense teams. We've seen overcharging take place, just like it was never an insurrection. And basically what we had going on in January 6th was trespassing. This young man, not only as proven by the evidence, never intentionally murdered anybody. It was clearly self-defense. It's absolutely outrageous. There is video of of Huber coming up to Kyle Rittenhouse on his back in the street and using to attempt to use a skateboard, which is a deadly weapon when it's being hurled against somebody's head against him. The case, the prosecution is completely falling apart. An FBI informant gave testimony today outside of the presence of the jury and produced a video of surveillance from above that he was under surveillance and they knew every, the FBI knew everything that was going on. And that video was never, it was exculpatory evidence, it wasn't even presented to Kyle Rittenhouse's defense until about two weeks ago. I think that at this point, it is so falling apart, and I don't even have time to get on the details. Like, for instance, Huber, there were two. There was Rosenbaum, who was one guy who uh, Kyle Rittenhouse shot because he, as Kyle Rittenhouse is, uh, he's charging Kyle Rittenhouse, trying to take the gun from him, making threats. And so it was clearly self-defense. Huber was the one with the skateboard. And then the third guy was the guy who got his arm shot off, who was brandishing a gun against Kyle Rittenhouse, Huber with a skateboard, interesting point that happened in uh, the court today, was that the prosecutors were going to try to mischaracterize. And we've got video of Mr. Skateboarder trying to use that as a deadly weapon. In spite of the actual evidence, the prosecutors were trying to put on witnesses today to try to change the narrative and try to present Huber as somebody who was a hero trying to stop a psychopath with a gun. Hat tip to the judge. Who stopped that nonsense? Because the defense attorney said, "Judge, if they're going to try to present this Huber dude as a peaceful peaceful man, we want to be able to introduce evidence that he faced criminal charges trying to trying to suffocate and and uh, quote gut his brother like a pig with a knife." Rosenbaum, the other dude, his uh, uh, you know he's uh, who who was murdered. The truth about him came to light today. That he was somebody who was a bipolar, a a bipolar man who had just been released from the hospital that day, was going around throughout the streets, threatening people, actually trying to bait people to shoot him. And the prosecutor fell flat on his face when he's when he's deposing the witness who happened to be a, a videographer, I believe, for the Daily Caller. Now, how do you know? Could you read his mind? Have you had conversations with Rosenbaum? How do you know what his intent was? Uh, that, that makes made it self-defense for Carl Rittenhouse to shoot him. You you didn't have conversations with you did did with him, did you? And so the witness says, "Well, what do you mean? Did I talk to him? Did I know? Well, then how how did I know that he was the aggressor and trying to attack Rittenhouse because he screamed "F you" to Rittenhouse and then lunged to take the gun. Completely fell apart today. At this point, it's clear that our court system, have been, system has been completely weaponized. This is no different than the January 6th situation to where we have our court system persecuting and prosecuting Americans for political purposes. Why did they do this with Rittenhouse? First of all, it was about be because Rittenhouse was out there with others to defend against the Black Lives Matter and Antifa crowd in their Marxist movement. So this was cover for Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And in the course of covering for them, it's about making Black Lives Matter and Antifa's reign of terror in their Marxist movement the victims and and uh, mischaracterizing a young man defending himself as some patriot extremist domestic terrorist and, that, and, and to attach that to MAGA, and to anybody else that believes in your right to bear arms. Just like January 6th and going after and persecuting and prosecuting the Americans there is about trying to smear 75 million Trump voters and anybody who dares to question the outcome of an election as a domestic terrorist. These are tied together. They're also tied together to Michael Flynn. How? Because the FBI and the DOJ began to be weaponized against the American citizens in 2015 as the second Trump came down the escalators. And because they got away with it, I said at the time, pay attention to Michael Flynn, because if they get away with persecuting and prosecuting him for his politics, they're going to come after you next. And that's what all of this is about. I'm not an attorney, but I'm hoping at some point in this trial very quickly that maybe they can ask for a summary judgment and not even have to present a defense. Because there's absolutely no way that this young man, he never, and by the way, his friend testified testified to the fact that he didn't transport any guns across state lines. That's a lie. I'm, I'm the guy who bought the gun and gave it to him. So there's no charges that have been levied against him, except that he broke the curfew. So slap him, slap him with, uh, you know, that he's got to pick up some trash on the side of the road for breaking curfew and declare this uh, uh, this case over. I'm gonna quickly go to the phones uh, before we take a break and bring in Bob. Looks like we got a caller on the line. He wants to talk about the election and I'm not sure which election, but uh, Troy from El Cajon, welcome to the Andrea K Show.
0: Hello Andrea. Um, specifically, I'm talking about everything that happened with Virginia and New York or a bunch of seats in New York that switched which were so blue and all of a sudden they switched. So.
1: Well,
0: go a ahead, Uh Why, thank you. Uh, a great start for people waking up, finally. And this is not, you know, the Republicans, this is the Democrats waking up. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to say about that is these Democrats are Americans. They don't necessarily agree with the Republican view, I don't think, as much as they agree that they can see our children being, you know, turned into little Nazis Uh, I don't know how much of them know about the whole IRS situation, Uh, you know, and and everything else that's going on, but they see what's going on, and they realize that it's they who also are going to suffer dearly if this gets through. And that's part of why you're seeing what's going on as far as the switch.
2: Well, I think
1: that – okay, go ahead.
0: The Democratic Party, the party itself, the the establishment – is about the equivalent of a wounded animal right now with what's happened. And they are, and it's not, it's fight or flight. They are going to Mm -hmm. fight like
2: heck. Mm -hmm.
0: And they are going to do everything they can as far as I uh, get that HR1 pass, which is the biggest key of all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all I can say about that is, what do they have to do to get that pass, by the way?
1: Well, I think all they need to do is find some squishy rhinos of the Lindsey Graham... Uh, Mitch McConnell, Liz Cheney from the House; those those types to negotiate on uh, a few minor points to reduce it because the Dems, you know, classic negotiating tactic: we're going to ask for everything, and then if we can find a couple of Republicans on our side that will give us a few of these items, then uh, it will be death by a thousand cuts. They just need the, they need to find a couple of areas that they can find some Republicans to go along with, just to just to get it into the now we've centralized our elections to where ultimately that's what ends up happening they're masters at understanding that they just need an inch right now and if we did and, and we are vulnerable because we we know that there's republicans that are willing to cave on election integrity because when we had the house of representatives when we had the senate and we had trump in the white house they could have they could have on a national level uh, implemented a voter id requirement that's they right. they could have even done it at the state level cuz we had far more every Every contested state in 2020 that ended up being stolen for Joe Biden was uh, was Republican run, either with a Republican uh, as governor or Republican uh, state houses. So the Republican Party has been the problem here. And they just want to. In fact, before I got to let you go, there was news this weekend and have a chance to cover Ron DeSantis. Um, uh, you know, everybody talks about him as being, you know, so perfect and he should be, you know, be 2024. 20, we need to be, we need to be not just falling in love and, and getting emotionally attached to somebody. We need to be looking at the real actions and, and doing, putting them through a real microscope. He um, only recently, under threat of Roger Stone challenging him in a primary, did he, was he willing to begin an audit of the state of Florida? Some of the things that he implemented uh, were good, but it didn't go far enough. He, even he, even the great Ron DeSantis, has been guilty of this idea that, well, it's not really widespread. It doesn't really affect the outcome of the election. And that's absolutely bupkus. The Republican Party needs to get better and do more. We would have taken New Jersey. Right. I I believe if the Republican Party had gotten in that game and done everything they could to protect it. I want to back up to something you said before I got to go. I like your analysis about the Democrats, because there's been this impression that um, that there were no more swing voters, that that there were or there were very few, a very small percentage. And one of the things the lessons is there are swing voters. There are people that are willing to look at issues as being nonpartisan. A lot of that involves our children. A lot of it involves these these mandates on us. And it proves that the Republican Party, who backed off on these cultural issues because they were scared of being called racist, they were scared of being called bigoted, or they're trying to meet in the middle because, you know, they're too scared to go bold, that bold wins. We are right on these cultural issues, and we just need to be forceful about it. And so that's a win for us. Thank you for calling in, Troy. appreciate it. I'm way late on taking it. make one
0: last point? five seconds very last quick very quick this whole thing on the racist issue this is starting to kill democrats people are getting tired of hearing it
1: yes absolutely especially when it's gone off the rails where you've got beautiful marine um heroes like winsome sears being called a white nationalist okay (laughs) all right thank you so much troy i appreciate it all right now it's time for us to take a break and we come back bob walters
0: the andrea k show strictly adhering to and preserving our first amendment follow andrea on ourfreenation.org just search andrea k spelled k-a-y-e
3: a.k dynamite and address or just andrea k whatever you call her don't call her fake news it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Before I bring in my buddy Bob Walters, I'm seeing the today uh, clip from the service today for Colin Powell. And I'm seeing uh, Richard Armitage up there paying homage to him. That man should not be on a TV screen. Let me remind you um, that he's the one who outed Valerie Plame and then blamed it on Scooter Liberty uh, uh, who ended up having to be pardoned. I have no respect uh, for pretty much anybody who was there at those services today. I tell you who I respect is Bob Walters who's led a movement on behalf of children and more and more and more. His segments have been starting with a lot of good news and we'll see what he's got for us tonight. Hello, my dear.
2: How you doing? I got yeah. I got plenty of good news tonight. Ooh, late on me, baby. <laughs> All right. A Minnesota fourth grader is making headlines for her incredible bravery and strong moral convictions and a bold attempt to take on her school district almost entirely on her own. Young Haley Yagstar. Has taken a stand against the school district's obvious push to politicize education and their students. She chose to speak on behalf of uh, on, on, on of her issues at the school board in uh, Stephen's uh, Stephen School District in in uh, her state, and she did a great job. She really brought it up. Her teachers had told her they needed to do a survey, and she had to do a racial audit where they were forced to divulge their race their gender identity and other personal information but they were told not to tell the parents under any condition wow she did it and got away got her point across good for her what she's a little hero devastated. yeah she's good
1: think about think about that technique that was used by the by that teacher there it's like grooming with from a pedophile yeah i use that example Children, children, parents should be teaching their children. Don't let anybody tell you to keep a secret from me. Right. Look at All the right. that's a that's psychological abuse that's going on on the part of those teachers. And it's also a reminder that everybody out there in the mainstream media meeting the left trying to tell you that critical race theory is not being taught in our schools. It's a lie. What they're doing now is they're teaching it and preying on these young minds, pressuring them and bullying them and telling them they're not allowed to ask the, to, to tell their parents about it. Yet she did. What? A, and, she, and then she spoke up about it. Did you say fourth grade? Fourth grade, fourth 11 grade. years old. Seven years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We've got to keep our eye on that one. She might end up running for office someday. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Then I got the Goldwater Institute, which I ask your readers to keep track of that name, Goldwater Institute. They've launched an initiative to shine a light on the corrosive ideology now permeating our schools. This would keep parents alerted to CRT curriculum hiding under various names. Proponents of CRT warn that this would be devastating and they should and it would equip parents to resist and escape such instruction for their children. So, keep that keep that service in mind. You can check that for your school, mm-hmm. Water Institute. Okay. Then you got four taxpayers in Pennsylvania who filed a free speech lawsuit in federal court that could set a precedent for invalidating policies that shield school administrators and elected officials in public criticism. And it's been filed in federal court and should be heard in the next couple of months. It's good action, again, by parents rising up against what's going on. That's right.
1: Yes, we've got to. We cannot let these victories on Wednesday in these elections around the country have us take the foot off the gas.
2: Well, more good news. The diversity plan opponents, were were parents concerned about what was going on, win control of the school board in South Lake, Texas. They won 64 percent of the vote campaigning against the diversity plan coupled with CRT. That's pretty amazing.
1: That is amazing. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And, and and it excites me, Bob, because we shifted a while back. I mean, well, in some ways, I mean, we're we're about educating, letting people know what's going on across the country. But then we're at, then it's also a call to action because it's become really clear that we don't have leadership. That the Mitch McConnells, the Kevin McCarthy's, they're not going anywhere because they're the major fundraisers, and they've got all the money coming in from these entrenched interests and if we're going to take our country back we got to do it at the local level that means that we got to be willing to get active go speak up at meetings city councils school boards et cetera, and also be willing to run for office and and we we are on the winning side of the issues
2: well the other big news for tonight is parents unhappy with woke takeover of education have won big in school districts this past month this includes Wichita Kansas Morgantown North Carolina uh, and a school district in Pennsylvania, and many more. There's in fact 84 sc- re- school districts are having recall elections on the school board members right now. Wow! 84? 84 more. I haven't
1: heard that anywhere on any other media. Have you, Skins? Have you heard anybody? No.
2: Yeah, this was in the Federalist newspaper. And it's uh, three times more than it's occurred in the past year, and it's really exploding, which is good. I don't say they're going to win them all, but it sure sets it on the right track.
1: Right. Well, yes. And in the meantime, parents re- recognize the first story that Bob told you about the fourth grader, because what's going they're going underground with it. Right. And they're they're going to hide. So in the meantime, while we've got this movement happening, you still got to make sure pay attention to what's going on. Talk to your kids uh, demand to see what's happening in, in, in their classrooms.
2: Well, another good thing that's going along with what this uh, needs to happen in this country, Ohio and Missouri state boards of education have now dumped the national organization for their letter to Biden and the attorney general. That's good. That means there are 26 states now that have withdrawn from the national organization of school administrators.
1: And that's great because that cuts their power.
2: Oh, it cuts your money. Yeah. Because,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like they cut off the blood supply to the tumor.
2: <laughs> right? Okay. Then we got two, two members of this Ohio State Board of Education resigned from the board at the request of Governor Mike DeWine after they voted against rescinding a July 2020 anti-racism resolution. which stated that there were differences between black and white students and that a culturally responsive curriculum can modify students of color to a higher level of academic achievement. This resolution also demanded that all state employees undergo implicit bias training. So the governor was right. He, these people were striking against removing this initiative that had come out a couple of years earlier, and so he had them fired. In effect, they withdraw. Good. And, yeah. Good accountability.
1: This is what we need to have,
2: right? I know. <laughs> I know. You got Sarah Pearson, president of Grand Lodge School Board, say they experienced a January 6th style insurrection at a recent school board meeting. And the parents were violent. (laughs) However, it turned up at the hearing that Lansing activist John Clore had videotaped the entire meeting and that her statements were totally false, Mm -hmm. the school director, and no violent actions occurred at all. This was in Michigan
1: hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Their idea of violence is, you know, somebody, uh, you know, not not uh, somebody speaking up and exercising their First Amendment rights.
2: I was
3: just going to say, if you want to equate it to January 6th, what did someone have a, their feet up on a desk?
1: Right. Yeah. Somebody wearing a costume with horns on their head.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez, I got some colors crazy. today. All right. Too. Well,
1: well, then, you know what? Then that's the perfect time to take a break. Okay. Then, yeah bobs going to stick around we're going to shift gears into getting some college crazies which might give us a giggle so stay tuned later on in the show we got here of the week and stink of the week and 888 344
0: 1170 be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show. Spelled K-A-Y-E. And
3: connect with her on our freenation.org. Andrea K bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We're rolling into the second half of our show. Before we uh, bring back our buddy Bob Walters on to give us this week's college crazies, um, we're going to quickly go to the phones. We've got a caller. Horace is on the line. He's got something he wants to say. Hello, Horace.
0: Hello. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Thank you for what you do. I had a student at college that uh, my one of my students was called Andrea, so I've always um, you know paid attention to your show and... Uh, <laughs> She was very brilliant. And um, when I listen to your show, it reminds me of that student of mine. Oh. You know, uh, you are not partial. You will spread your net wider to cover anybody that you see is doing something that warrants a change. You mentioned DeSantis, and I was really impressed with what you had to say. You know, uh, keep up the good work, Andrea. Also, I have been thinking about how can we raise funds to help programs like yours. I have an idea. If you don't, mind, put my number down. Horace 619.
1: Wait, 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 Horace, what I'm going to have you do. Thank you so much for calling in. By the way, I just adore an accent and yours is absolutely yummy to me. But I'm going to ask you to hold and uh, then I'm going to bring Bob Walters in and I'm going to have you give that phone number um, and talk to uh, DJ, uh, producer DJ uh, Potato Skins. Okay, because okay. we, we want to protect you and not have you give your number out o- over the radio. Okay. Is that okay? Love All you. Right. Thank you for calling in. Uh, okay, so Bob Walters, we got to get into some college crazies. What you got for us this week?
2: Well, I got some. as Kind of, kind of a surprise I did not the last couple of weeks. Brittany Cooper, a black associate professor of women's and genders studies and African studies at Rutgers University, made another speech where she attempted to defend CRT. At one point in her address, she even said that white Americans need to be, quote, taken out, unquote, whatever that means. Um,
1: well, well, I, I think it sounds like it means taken out means,
2: you know, an act of
1: violence, whether it's taken out permanently or, wow.
2: Shot, yeah. Yeah. Um, could be. Then she said conservatives oppose CRT because they oppose the truth. <laughs> She's paid six figures for the past 10 years and teaches students how to be racist, hateful, black supremacist. At one time, she even blamed Trump for obesity among black women. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, not an imagination. <laughs>
1: You know what? Uh, we've got an obesity problem in this country across all different, you know, it, you know, skin colors, you know, it, backgrounds or whatever. We got a problem. We ain't putting the fork down. OK, that's the problem. And Trump is not responsible for whether no. or not you put the fork down. OK, this is that's right. hilarious, though. That's like the funniest Bob set topic ever. That's the funniest Bob story so far.
2: OK, <laughs> okay. you got aided Princeton a sale of uh, sale, a false portrayal of a professor as a racist. Professor Katz published an article in a magazine in two, July 2020, which was then doctored and distorted his comments and then republished in the student newspaper. And it, it provided uh, attack on him from all of the faculty who dared to dissent. He, he left the administration, but his eight fellows A professor strongly felt that he needed to be defended and demanded an investigation on who changed and twisted his article and then published it on campus. So at least somebody's standing up.
1: Well, I hope there will be a proper investigation. It remains to be seen. It might be a a Jim Comey type of thing, Uh, you know, a Bill Bill Barr uh, level, Jeff Sessions level investigation. But yeah, at least somebody's speaking up on somebody uh, on a professor's behalf.
2: Well, then you got Long Beach City College doing something unique. They're creating a program that will allow 70 homeless students to sleep in their cars on campus. They will also be given access to Wi-Fi, toilets, and showers. Wow. I guess that's taking care of them in a very (laughs) big manner.
1: Well, yeah. um, You know, I guess we should be thankful that they're not giving them dorm rooms, right, and, you know, giving them free housing. Yeah. but that's kind of crazy, right? Because of- they're giving them showers, so they're giving them accommodations. And, yeah. you know, um, are they getting free tuition? What's going on here? You know, um, yeah, that's that's not good.
2: I think there's more they're getting than just the... Wi-Fi in the toilets,
1: right? And not only that, Bob. But you know, uh, when we first started doing our segments together, you had written a book about, um, you know, one of the aspects that's wrong with our school system is shoving all these kids towards college and not giving giving them access to trade schools and stuff. If we got homeless kids in their cars, what what degrees are they getting? Are they are they are they sleeping in their cars to study gender studies, to study CRT, to study how to protest? How about how about if we're going to give somebody any kind of free services? It's when we've got an eighty thousand and, uh, you know, number truck driver shortage. How about we send them to Murray's, uh, you know, truck driving school, and then they can drive a big rig, and we can help so- solve the supply chain problem.
2: I agree. They make, they make good money. Right. Then uh, you got several members, former members of the women of Chapman who left the fundraising organization due to differences in opinion regarding the school policy and and retirement of John Eastman. He's the university's former dean of law, who left under fire for speaking at the January 6th Trump mm-hmm. rally held outside of the Capitol. He wasn't inside; he was outside in the big rally itself. But they uh, they let him; they fired him, and so the the women that had been doing fundraising have withdrawn. Their support for the college, which is good.
1: Yeah, it is good. And he is one of the people that they're targeting with this January 6th commission to go after him and uh, to persecute him when he's absolutely done nothing wrong. They're labeling him as some the mastermind behind the insurrection and an attempt to overthrow the government. And it's absolute insanity.
2: It is totally then you got a Maryland school district required students to write the Islamic prayer declaring Allah is the only God. A Christian, a Christian girl was given a zero because she refused to violate her faith. Good for her. Then she, yeah, she fought back at La Plata High School. Carrie, Carrie Wood has since graduated despite her failing grade in that class, but she fought the issue in court, and sadly the case was denied after a hearing by the Supreme Court was put on hold. That was this week. They denied the hearing at the Supreme Court.
1: Imagine, Bob, what would happen? What would be the outcry if we had some teacher in a public school somewhere um, preaching the plan of salvation and asking people to to pray the sinner's prayer and ask Jesus to come into
2: their heart and be their Lord and Savior?
1: What would be happening?
2: I know. Most of the schools can't even wear a cross on your neck.
1: Half the, Yeah, everything's now we've do we do do schools even call it Christmas vacation anymore. We've got holiday lights now at Balboa Park instead of Christmas nights. So but yet but yet we've we've got Islamic indoctrination going on in our schools. Well, you and I reported years ago, a couple years ago, that uh, lawsuits successfully stopped uh, San Diego County Unified School District from becoming the first Sharia compliant school district in the nation. So, yeah, so, um, that, that, and that attempt to Shariaize our schools has not gone away. So thank you for bringing that story.
2: Well, finally, I've got an eight year old girl, 11 year old girl who thought she was doing the right thing when she concocted a plan to end the teacher's inappropriate behavior and abusive students. She was calling them fat and ugly and asked how ugly their parents were. <gasps> anyway, she was tired of that. So Brianna Cooper, tired of hearing it, uh, she decided she'd tape record with her cell phone some of the conversations and indictments she was doing on the students. The teacher was then fired by the school, Sam Games Academy in Florida. But then she was shocked when the principal called her into her fifth grade class, because that's her, her grade, and suspended her for five days for taking an illegal video.
1: Oh, Wow. You know, I I hope the parents sue um, over this. And and it's just it's an example of children shouldn't she shouldn't have had to do that. She shouldn't have had to monitor her class and record what's going on. We need we need cameras uh, and, and streaming video for all parents and everybody to see in our classrooms across America.
2: Well, I salute another 11-year-old girl doing yes. her stand up and battle. Absolutely.
1: Great. And if we get a Republican back in the White House it, it it's it's a false dream. It's a fantasy to think we're going to get rid of the Department of Education we should. It should have never been uh, established in the first place. Um but the next Republican president, if we ever have another one, should should uh should mandate uh str- not only cameras but streaming for everybody publicly to be able to see what's going on in every classroom. They got it on police officers. I think it's a good idea to have body cams on police officers. We need to have classroom cams.
2: I agree. Well, uh, I final thing I got is Martinez Unified School District reports that only 44% of the students in elementary school tested proficient in reading and 39% in math. Pathetic. In middle school, these same kids, the numbers dropped to 32% and 26%. And that's wow. my kid's school here in California.
1: Wow! Yeah, really yeah. yeah. How much money is we are? How much? What's? I don't even know the the economic numbers for how much taxpayers' dollars are going into the schools here in California. This is the most Democrat state in the nation, and our schools are the worst. Do that math, people.
2: Yeah, it's thirty thousand dollars as an average in California per student being spent each year. That means in a typical class of twenty kids, you got about a half a million dollars. <laughs> it, Doing what? You know, paying the teacher to do extra vacation? And I don't know. They can't even read. No, they can't add. No, no, they're just
1: not. No, all they're all they're doing is sitting there all day long um, hearing crap like, you know, you you know, somebody told somebody assigned you, told you you were a boy. You sure you really think you're a boy? You ever you ever played with a doll with your sister? Maybe you might want to think about, you know, calling yourself Susie instead of Steve. That's kind of crap going on in the schools. Okay. Um you have any updates on, uh, you have the petitions out now, yes?
2: Yes, the petitions have come out last week for the School Choice Initiative Drive, mm-hmm. and I encourage people to get a hold of schoolchoiceinitiative.org and uh, put their name in, and whatever county or area you're in, they'll tell you where to get your petitions and the ma- materials you'd use, including banners, so you can get signatures door-to-door or tables in shopping centers. And uh, also keep in mind that we, we, the kids movement, which is also good for parents to check for after-school teaching of your kids, American history, and respect for the country. But anyway, the petition drive is going. I put out about uh, 220,000 petitions in the past uh, week.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Bob Walters, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you as always.
2: You're welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks, honey. Have a great weekend. All Thank right, you. we're going to take a break, final break of the show, and then we've got Here of the Week and Sneak of the Week. I might have another little topic or two for you guys, so don't go away.
0: Bringing you 21st Century Common Sense. It's the Andrea K. Show. Connect with the show at OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and
3: current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to our final segment tonight. Of course, on Fridays we do Hear of the Week and Stink of the Week, and this one one of my contenders, if not my Stink of the Week, is this um, push to inject children with an experimental substance when they don't get it and they don't give it. it. It was confirmed that San Francisco is going to require. Uh, proof of shots in children in order to be able to maneuver in society. This is Joseph Mangala level uh, child abuse going on. I want to tell you guys briefly uh, of an interview I heard memo to me to invite him on the show. The inventor of the mRNA shot, Dr. Robert Malone, said today in an interview on Eric Bowling's show, The Balance, over 13,000 doctors have now signed a letter confirming they will not violate their Hippocratic Oath enforcing people uh, to get the shot, he said when it comes to children, more children will die from the shot than from covid. This is the inventor of this shot, he said, and it's illegal. He is disgusted with the enticements going on. Whether it's videos telling them that they will have superpowers and be heroes if they get it, whether they, we now have across the country, kids being enticed, being told they'll get a hundred dollars that if they're in their teens, they'll get $200 and a chance to win a scholarship lottery. He said, not only is it disgusting and immoral, it's illegal to be doing that because these are experimental shots on these kids. This is experimental it's being pushed out under this phony emergency use act when there is no emergency regard regarding children. This is absolutely horrendous. What is being done.
3: Andrea, what's his name again? Dr. Robert Malone. He's my hero of the week.
1: Yeah. This is the inventor of the shot. Okay. And, and my, and, and my runner up to, to, st- to, uh, to stink of the week for this uh, in regards to what's happening to the children is all every Republican official and every conservative in media including the 40 Republicans who came out yesterday after this OSHA announcement from Biden, it was, they want to talk about Liberty. They never want to talk about adverse reactions. They never want to talk about deaths. I'm, I'm glad you want to put it in the, that you want to mention Liberty, but there's also a real aspect to this. Why is Liberty so important here? Liberty is so important here because you should have a choice as to whether or not to be injected with something that is killing people. You absolutely should have that choice. An orthopedic surgeon, and if it doesn't kill you, you could be in the category of the stunt man, I think I mentioned yesterday, who who was pressured to get it so he could provide for his family and now has had his career ended and can't provide for his family and is left with three three blood clots in his left arm and, never, and, and will have to go the rest of his life, never knowing when one's going to break off and kill him. There's an orthopedic surgeon who was pressured to get it because he didn't want to lose his career and was left with a career-ending spinal injury. And now he can't perform perform surgeries. He tried to report this to, to uh, through the VAERS, uh and the CDC, and can't get anybody to call him back. An orthopedic surgeon, Lisa Rena's daughter. There's these reports that she suffered an overdose. That's not the lead story. The lead story for Lisa Rena's daughter is that after getting injected with this, she had such an autoimmune disease response that she ended up overdosing on drugs because they then then they told her she was crazy and put her on Xanax. So then she took Xanax and a Benadryl and, and unbeknownst to her, that was a toxic chemical. All of this was a result of these shots. She's 19 years old.
3: You know who my stink is, Andrea? It's, it's actually OSHA. Well,
1: like they, see, could have, they
3: could have just stood down and said, we're not doing this.
1: Yeah, but you know what? We're, we're, we're only here because of going back a year and a half and allowing the CDC and the NIH to begin its reign of tyr- tyranny on us. We shouldn't be here now. No, We're here now because of 14 days to flatten the curve. We're here now because even after our Surgeon General and Fauci said masks don't work, we suddenly allowed ourselves to be forced to wear masks. Under the guise of if we'll go along, we'll be, be able to get our freedoms back. There
3: is no goalpost.
1: There, yeah. There, there's. They have no intention of us ever getting our freedoms back. And they don't care who they kill in the process. Anyway, I wish I could have ended on a a higher note because I was having so much fun earlier. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you guys Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Have a great weekend. Don't forget, turn your clocks spring forward, fall back. Move your clocks back.